Welcome to Radio Free Sunroot. You're listening to the interview podcast, Voices for Nature and Peace, where we discuss issues of ecology, empire, justice, and consciousness. We feature a variety of guests who are aware of the challenges of our time and who are working to address them. Here's your host, Calibri Ter Sonnenblum. Right-wingers descend on Portland, featuring Blank, a street journalist. On Saturday, August 29, 2020, right-wingers, including Proud Boys and Trump supporters, met up in the Portland area to stir up trouble with the ongoing Black Lives Matter protests. Hundreds of them met up in a shopping mall parking lot outside the city in Caravan downtown, with assistance from the police, who blocked traffic for them. Blank, a street journalist who is our Portland correspondent, happens to live near the mall, so he headed over and blended into the crowd so he could observe. He ended up driving with the caravan downtown. His report follows. We also touched on the history of racism in the state of Oregon and mayoral politics in Portland. This is Blank's third appearance on the podcast. See also episodes 14 and 25. So it seems like there's really big news that just uh, is coming out of Portland right now. It seems like that's happening a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does seem like that's happening a lot lately. But yeah, this 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 person uh, just got shot and killed there, and you were uh, you were around that night, or? Oh, I was downtown that night. Yes, mm-hmm. um, I ended up starting off though at the the rally in Clackamas because. It's actually kind of close to, or Clackamas Town Center. It's actually kind of close to where I live, so I knew about it. Um, so earlier. what was what was happening at, at Clackamas? That was where the right wingers were gathering, right? Yeah, I knew about it. Uh, probably mm, maybe like like two days like in advance. Um, heard about it, and um, it was supposed to be this. Uh, gathering that was going to happen uh in downtown um so i was just i i was just searching on facebook and i saw that there was going to be like all these trump supporters downtown i was like what and then and i was like okay but i didn't know where they were coming from and then i heard that they're all going to gather at clackamas town center and i was like oh that's what they're meeting and so apparently what ends up happening is to find out the next day is that they're all going to have like a big old convoy there and um, so what they do is they, they, they get in their trucks and their cars and they put a bunch of Trump flags on there and, um, you know, Trump Pence 2020 and, you know, all that, all those kind of flags. And they're just hanging them off their vehicles and they're driving to Clackamas Town Center, American flags, you name it. And um, so they get there and there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of vehicles, probably like. Mm, there's at least six to eight hundred vehicles there. Just wow. rough estimate. I, it's like easily six hundred. Um, right. And just I want to interrupt for a second just to help set the scene here uh, for people who haven't been to Portland. Clackamas Town Center is a big mall. It's a big shopping mall, and yes. it's on Eighty Second uh, Avenue on the east side of the river. Downtown's on the west side, and it's also not actually in Portland, right? It's actually in the town of Clackamas, just south. It's in Happy Valley. Oh, which it's in Happy is, Valley, mm-hmm. which is in Clackamas County, mm-hmm. which is which is about three miles just uh, outside of uh, uh, Multnomah County, which would be Portland. So, right, okay, so it's not they're, they're not even anywhere close to um, to downtown where they're starting. Is kind of the point I wanted to make. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty mm-hmm. far. Um, um, I mean, it, you could you could. You could walk if you were to walk there. It would probably take you a couple hours. Right. So, so it's yeah, it's uh, it's not too close, but you know, it's not too far. But uh, yeah. So like, what ends up happening is I get there and um, it's just it's just uh, Trump flags everywhere. People people aren't wearing any masks. You know, it's a pandemic. Um, I was like I was like <laughs> trying to keep my distance the entire time. 
from people because they're just not they just they just didn't care. Uh, it was like it was not happening there. And um, so, so you, know, you were there and just try and you were like just um, like you were being stealthy, like you were just like trying to fit in and not be noticed. Yeah, I was I was just a guy in t-shirt and jeans basically. Um, right. Okay, so you weren't there like as a counter protester to them or something like that. You were there like yeah, in a different way. Yeah, yeah, and I was actually streaming from my phone. Um, oh, mm-hmm. and and I was showing a bunch of people what was going on um because nobody was really on the ground. There was another guy who was streaming um but he was on the opposite side of the political spectrum and I'm just like walking around showing people what's what's going on down there. And uh there was a there was a, a few uh, counter protesters that were down there, but um, you know they were for the most part they were just being heckled and ignored. Um, There's only like five or six of them that I saw, but uh, yeah, it was definitely a, a very 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 uh, <laughs> Trumpian uh, rally that was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I when I first got there, I I, uh, I sent you a picture. Um, yeah. When I rolled when I rolled up, it was like a group of just like maybe like 17, 18 year olds that were walking around and one had an AR-15. Um, and I was just kind of like, oh man, because it was just like, it was just recently, as you well know, like Kenosha went down right. and it's just like, it's like, what is going on? And it's like the immediate thought, well, if this rally is going somewhere and they're armed like that, something's going to go down later mm-hmm. because they're, because they're also armed with paintball guns walking around and kind of showing off like what they got to each other, um, and and just kind of like it's like they're just bragging about what they have they're, as they're carrying it around without saying anything. So like you just see people in trucks, you know, standing there with paintball guns left and right, you know, all over was the it, place. Um, were, were there women there too, or was it mostly men? Oh, it was both. It was, it was both. both. Okay, was it about half and half, or yeah? Okay, yeah, okay. I'd say so. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Then I. Uh, I started walking around and I, I started moving towards like the main area where they had like a like a, a PA system set up, and um, they had all these semi trucks that were there. I guess they're the ones that actually led them led the the convoy out um, initially, mm-hmm. and um, like but they stayed there for a while. There ended up being like seven or eight of them, um, and more vehicles just kept coming and they were blocking everything and i kept asking him like so where is this gonna go to people that were there like there was like they had like some people that were kind of like uh diverting traffic with like safety vests they had some organization going on there and that was visible and they're like well they're gonna announce it soon they're gonna announce it soon i guess they wanted to keep it secret Mm -hmm. because they they didn't want to have any disruption or anything like that and uh i'm like okay and there's really no police around at this point you know just people just like um kind of like just kind of making sure that everything is traffic's blocked and uh you know that they can do their thing there and um they started talking on their PA system about things and it was it was what you would expect um they like from like a Trump rally like lots of people talking about how uh like Trump had another 4 years um you know believe in Jesus Trump and, you know, screw Antifa. <laughs> like, this is mm-hmm. the thing they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you just had people, like, trying to recall Kate Brown there, the governor of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, all this stuff is going on. Like, it's, it's just like, yeah, it's it was it was very interesting to see, like, how it was going on. Um, but, yeah, like, for the most part, you know, they were just doing their thing. And... Uh, I was after like about half an hour, they started um, getting ready to to leave. And um, (laughs) when they when they started leaving, it was the 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 Clackamas County uh, officers showed up, all the the police. Mm -hmm. And they just started blocking every possible street that went along 82nd. I mean, they're just like every single street along the way of their route that they were taking. Wow. Now, in 82nd, that's a big main street through that part of Portland. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it was, they, they, from Clackness Town Center, it went, uh, they went, it went from there, and then it went towards, it went south, towards Sunnyside Road, and um, as it went past that, and then went onto the highway um, to I-205, heading towards Oregon City. 
And um, and as that was going on, um, as Clackamas County police kind of, um, you know, you're, you're just going, you're just going past them and in the, in the car and there's like, they're all in one lane. So there's one lane that's open and then there's one lane where there's just all these vehicles with Trump flags, uh, all these trucks with Trump, Trump flags just, just flapping in the wind. And, uh, you have people that are on the other side going the opposite way and they're sticking their middle fingers out <laughs> and saying F you. And then there's some people that are like honking their horns and support. And, uh, that was a common thing to see a lot of, but I'm just like watching it. I'm like, Whoa. So I'm just following them. And, so you uh, just, you got, you got in, you got in a vehicle and just joined the convoy. Yeah. I was just following mm-hmm. it because I am like, I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I was just curious. Uh, where they were going, and I'm kind of reporting on where they're going to oh, totally. people too, mm-hmm. because nobody knows what's going on. Like they had published a route, and the information was starting to come in. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to follow them and see what happens. So as I'm conti- we're continuing to go down until we got to about Sunnyside Road, I'd say it's probably about a good half a mile, um, or sorry, quarter mile. There was like they had every single the the Clackamas County cops had every single street blocked, and then. Um, they were diverting traffic at intersections. They were they were flagging people like different ways to go. Like they were they were they were just keeping traffic flowing. And then, um, which which is typical of like a permitted parade that mm-hmm. the the police or law enforcement would do that. But we don't know if this was actually a permitted parade or yeah. not. Yeah, I don't know if it was permitted. Um, but it, it, to my knowledge. Uh, but it looks like, it looks like it may have been, um, because they did have a route, um, mm-hmm. designated that I saw later, but, uh, it was, it was basically a, a loop on the highway, which would end back at Clackamas town center. But as you'll find out, we, that's not what happened. Right. But, um, so, so yeah, so we go start heading towards Oregon city and as we're heading towards Oregon city, there's also another suburb of Portland called Milwaukee. And Milwaukee has its own police as well. And they, once we got on the highway, they started uh, blocking off intersections along the highway, like, you know, like, like outlets onto the highway. And uh, like the on ramps, you mean? Yeah, they were blocking all the all the roads so that, you know, the, the convoy of cars could go on, go by, even though there's like one lane. Wow. And yeah. So they were so they were blocking and it was just a show of police. You know, and and you got the impression that the police were there because they were showing their support to all of the the, the Trump supporters that were going down. That was the impression you really got. Um, they were, of course, they were blocking traffic and stuff like that, but it wasn't really necessary on the level that they were doing because there were a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like a parade almost the way it was. So, um. So yeah, so we started driving through there, and eventually we get over. Uh, we're heading west now, and then um, as we're heading towards Oregon City, you have to turn at uh, McLaughlin, which um, makes you start heading north, and that's towards uh, McLaughlin. Starts going into the city, mm-hmm. and so we get there, and there's really no police presence too much. There's a few. Um, that are over by um, Johnson Creek and mm-hmm. McLaughlin, um, which is like, which is right over in the Selwood area, if you know where that is, uh, right. over by the Selwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. But um, so we're heading down uh, McLaughlin, and uh, at this point, they're kind of like the the line of vehicles is kind of stretching out, and um there's more traffic that's starting to get involved and you start seeing more people start cursing at them as they get closer to the city. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, uh, people sticking out their, their middle fingers and calling them all kinds of expletives and stuff like that. And they're just laughing and then they're yelling back at it. And they're, they're like, they're thriving on it. It seemed like they were just like loving the attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I'm just like, I'm just like, wow. I'm just like, <clears throat> I'm just sitting there watching and I'm like, I hope nothing happens to me. Mm-hmm. But like, but I'm just like, I'm just like in here just watching it in my car, just going down the road. And, uh, we get 
close to we get we go over we're still going down and we go down McLaughlin and we get past the Ross Island Bridge and we're we're really into getting into Portland now. Um, and um, as we're going down uh, Grand, um, it's like there's a bunch of stoplights there and traffic is really coming to a crawl. And um, I guess there's just like people that are on the sidewalks as we're going by this area that are just holding out signs, you know, say black lives matter people that are like out there, like protesting them from the sidewalk, yelling at them in different places. Few, it's, it's like one here, two there, one there, you know, maybe three there, but it's starting to become more and more and more. And, uh, like traffic was basically at a standstill at that point for a while, for at least five, 10 minutes. So people are, are really having dial hugs with each other and, and yelling at each other. And, uh, that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point there's really no police presence. And, uh, as we're getting into Portland until we got to about, um, but they were, I guess they were trying to go uh, over, um, the Morrison bridge, mm-hmm. but, but that didn't work out. Uh, because there was protesters that were there that were waiting for them. Ah. Um, so that didn't happen. So and, they went up to the Burnside Bridge then? or? Well, they ended up getting onto the highway. They ended up going onto, um, onto I-5. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. From, from there. But before that, like, I guess what happened was um, I saw a video of it. There was uh, some people that were um, from the convoy that got out of their vehicles because they were just heading, trying to head straight into downtown and they saw protesters on the bridge and they got out and were fighting, um, the people that were there. Um, actually before the police showed up there, there's like two guys that were fighting. One guy is known as trumpet man who, uh, he's out there all the time with a trumpet, you know, protesting and he's been arrested several times by police. And then another, um, uh, Trump supporter that was out there, they were just, you know, having a, a fist fight basically on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a bunch of uh, counter protesters that were there and uh, the police showed up and then blocked off that whole area. And then by the time I got there, they had already uh, pushed people over to the side of the bridge on the little sidewalk that's there. And then they were allowing traffic to go onto the bridge, but it really wasn't clear because there was about maybe like 30 officers there. So they're just kind of standing in the middle of the road. And then, uh, most of the, the, the Trump, uh, convoy was going on to I five at that point. And then once they got onto I five, they started heading North towards the Fremont bridge. And then they got on the Fremont bridge and they started heading into downtown along I four Oh five. And, um, it was, it was it was all right. It was kind of it was a little bit slow once you got towards the tail end of the bridge going into the downtown, and then um, once you go out over the bridge and you're you're going down I four hundred five, they actually took the Ross Island Bridge exit and uh, some of them, most of them, a lot of them, when I saw, which was they're not supposed to do. They were supposed to keep going down um, I four hundred five. And continue along their route to go ba- swing back around to Clackamas Town Center, but they did it, and they diverted and they went into downtown. And so I'm following them, and um, getting the downtown, and they're just kind of driving in there, and you can just kind of tell like they're waiting for something to happen. Like they're they're they you could you could tell like people were like the, you could hear you could I get, I heard a few conversations from people saying oh hell yeah well where are they you know like they were looking for you know, Antifa, anti-fascists, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Cause they, they want a confrontation. They were looking for a confrontation, uh, confrontation. So, um, so I was like, all right. So I got to a certain point where I peeled off from them downtown and I went over to the, uh, Chapman square, which is across the street from, uh, the federal courthouse, the Marco Hatfield, uh, federal courthouse building. And I parked and, at this time, uh, I saw a few people that were at the the Clackamas um, rally that were down there that they were counter protesting. They had arrived back at the the park over there in front of the federal courthouse, and they were like, "Yeah, they're just kind of like sharing experiences and talking to people." And people are starting to trickle in slowly into the park. And there's probably about maybe like fifty or sixty people, and at this point, 
and you're seeing um, the the Trump trucks go by. They got all their American flags and uh, their their Trump 2020 uh, banners waving in the wind, and they're they're just going around in just circles and stuff like that. And I guess they ended up. Uh, there were so many of them. They ended up disrupting traffic so bad downtown that they ended up boxing themselves in, kind of like trapping themselves for a while. So they're just like downtown, all over the place, not moving. And as this is going on, there's there's more people that are slowly coming into the park, and more people that are coming, and more people. And um, it got to, I don't know, maybe around. 150 to 200 people before uh, they started really messing with anybody over there in the park. And when they were doing that, they'd drive by and they would they would fire mace out their windows. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. They would just shoot mace out their windows. And people also had mace and they'd shoot mace back at them. Um, but it wasn't until those those people first shot mace at them that they responded. And I saw a few other times where uh, people would fire mace at the the Trump people would fire mace at the, the Antifa people, and um, what ended up happening was people had paintball guns in the park, and so they would shoot their trucks with paintball guns as a deterrent for them to get out of there and stop nice. spraying people. <laughs> and uh, it was just like it was like oh wow, and so like they got paintball guns too, um, and uh, there's really no police around. I mean, there's really nothing like going on at this point. They're just not around. And, um, later on you see a few vehicles, um, where they're just kind of like patrolling and checking things out. But other than that, there really wasn't anything that was going on. They were just kind of like hands off approach. And, um, like later on, um, you, you start seeing the, the rapid response wagon. It's where all the, the cops kind of like they're on a they they just jump on the side they got like a running board they all stand on and like there's like 20 officers that stand on the vehicle like on the SUV yeah they 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 were riding around um and uh they were they were just kind of like doing their thing um but i i generally stayed in the park and while i was there um there was one guy i guess that was standing in the street and they just jumped off and they just arrested that guy like just just threw him to the ground and just arrested him. Um, they were just trying to like show people that they weren't messing around, maybe trying to intimidate people. Um, so they just arrested that guy and then like, they're like gone in like three minutes. They just take off and, and then more Trump people come by and then they start spraying mace and you know, like, so people start reacting and there were people that were in other cars and other vehicles, uh, not just the trucks that were yelling at people and, um, they were causing problems and, uh, their protesters are like blocking them from from going a certain direction. They're telling them to back up, and they don't want to back up. And and then um, they'll start, you know, saying stuff. And there's a, there'll be a confrontation that'll happen. And it was very very tense a few times. And uh, while this is going on, I'm still at the park. You know, you're hearing fireworks that are happening all over downtown and stuff like that. And so you know. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever, just fireworks are happening. But apparently down the street, there was a shooting that happened. It was like three blocks from me and two blocks from me. And, uh, you know, that's where that one uh, um, guy who's been identified as a Patriot Prayer member uh, was shot. So that happened while I was over in the park. Didn't realize it at the time, but I'm out there and there's a lot still going on. And you start noticing that. That there's people saying, hey, there's stuff going on down here. We need to go down here and, and, you know, see what's happening. There's a bunch of cops. So I ended up going down there and checking it out. And um, there was another streamer that I know, and he was down there. And he mentioned that uh, he mentioned he told he told me what happened. He's like, some guy got shot. You know, uh, he's they're like, he's he's not moving. You know, they're like. They, they they put a blanket over him. I'm like he's like I've never seen that happen before. That guy is deceased. He's like and I'm like Are you sure? And he's like Yeah, that guy is. He's he's passed away. And I was like Oh crap. And um, as I'm as I'm I, I'm like Okay, thank you. And, and so I turn around and go back towards the the 
the courthouse building and uh, news is just spread. Everybody already knows. And it's like, wow. Um, and uh, yeah, there was nobody knew who the guy was. People thought that it was um, like an Antifa person had gotten shot by like like the Proud Boys or something. Nobody really knew. Nobody it wasn't clear, mm-hmm. you know, but it turned out to be um, this Patriot prayer member who associates with Proud Boys and other things. Uh, he actually uh, gave an interview in, I think, 2017, where he was talking about uh, Jeremy Christensen and the stabbings on the Max uh, train, which is a light rail system here in Portland. Right. And and um, there was there was two um, people of color on the train, and he started saying racial stuff to uh, those individuals. And uh, some people got up and said, hey, you can't do that. And Jeremy Christensen was drunk, had a knife, and he ended up stabbing three people, killing two of them. And uh, this guy who was shot is in this video talking about how those people deserved it. And, um, you know, they got what was coming towards them. That, so that's the kind of mindset of this guy who uh, got shot. Um, so and he, he was he frequented. Um, these these protests, these right wing protests, all the time in Portland. Um, he wore a, a fox hat that everybody kind of knew knew who he was. Um, but I, I guess he wasn't doing it on this evening. He was wearing a a Patriot Prayer hat. So right, you you had seen him before yourself. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd, I've seen him before. Mm-hmm. Um, I never I never had any direct dealings with him, but I, I've seen him. Um, like in close proximity to, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, so I'd seen him around, but, um, yeah, as the night kind of went on, um, people were just kind of standing there and sitting around and more, more Trump people were just kind of going by, um, trying to like pick fights and stuff. And then at one point they all just kind of left and, um, there was like no more downtown. But then you start hearing uh, reports about how they're all going to get their guns and they're going to come downtown and they're going to take people out in retaliation. Then it's like, wow, okay, <laughs> this is not the place I want to be. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after that, um, there was really, like, really nothing else ended up happening. Um, so, like, they just kind of, like, there ended up being about 600 people in the park. They, they, they had their protest. They were in the street. Um, police really didn't do much of anything. And uh, it, it kind of just, after after hours of being out there, probably not until like 2 in the morning, it ended up, it just kind of like dispersed on its own. And uh, nothing, nothing happened. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a very, very, very surreal day, especially driving in that... Uh, that convoy of vehicles. It was interesting. Right. Like being in the convoy with all the Trump supporters. Yeah, it was, it was, it was strange. Like I didn't say anything to anybody while I was in there because I'm like, I'm just going to keep to myself. (laughs) But, but, uh, but just like, just like being in that and watching, like you could, you could tell, like it was like they were in their own world. It was just like, yeah, it was very interesting. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and that was the that was the night before last, right? Yeah, yeah, right. it was. And we still don't know. There still hasn't been anything said about about uh, how this person got shot. Um, there's video online that has been released from people that were there, and they, the video came out pretty quick. Um, but it shows a guy in a white coat, um, standing next to this guy, um, that uh, got shot. And and from what I've heard, it isn't confirmed yet. Um, but you know, uh, the guy had words. Who got shot had words with this guy in this white coat, and he tried pepper spraying this guy. Uh, and uh, the Patriot Prayer guy started trying to pepper spray another this other guy, and the guy pulled out a gun and shot him. So that's that's rumored to have happened. It may not be what happened, but you know, like. That seems to be like what I've heard a few times. So um, we'll see how true that is. But yeah, like while he was there, um, street medics came and rushed to his aid because um, Portland police 
are terrible at responding to to calls downtown while there's any kind of uh, protesters around because um, they just kind of don't respond. They don't they're, like they're right there, but they just don't respond. They take their time. And uh, um, while he, this guy was on the ground shot, you had street medics trying to save his life, like protesters, street medics. It was actually an African-American woman who responded first to him, who was trying to keep him alive, you know, while while he's on the ground shot. And then finally the police showed up. It took him like 10 minutes to show up. Um, and they're right there, you know. So it was just like, it was like, really? Um, but yeah, like... Once once the police got there, they brought over all of their medics, and they had a, a team of people surrounded, and they blocked off the the area, and it was a lot of a lot of police officers. After that, they had the whole intersection blocked off. So, right, yeah. right, because they had yeah, one of their own was down. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw something on social media today that was it was a post uh, pres- uh, from a street medic there, and the woman was saying that she was the she was there responding to that person trying to help the the person who was down and that um she was pushed away by police and that there wasn't any other medical attention then given for a while after that yeah yeah that that's probably accurate um, and that and that he died during that time was her that was her that was her impression and so so yeah that was that was the police refusing to to accept some some help you know that was going on there and then you know, possibly to the cost of that man's life. Yeah, the 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 police do not like anybody who is affiliated with any of the protesters downtown. It doesn't matter if they're a street medic. They've arrested them. Uh, they've they've harassed them. They've assaulted them. Uh, they don't they don't really care. I mean, and these are people who are actual trained professionals. They're EMTs, nurses in some uh, cases. You know, um, that are coming out. And and taking their time to make sure that people are okay at the at the potential risk of losing their jobs. So because they want to make sure people are okay, and so these are these are licensed people most of the time that are that are highly trained out there doing this stuff. So yeah, I can I can see that happening. Like how the police would push her away. I think there's a photo of it actually where she's like, you know pleading with them saying hey you know i'm trying to help this guy and they're and they're pushing her away there's actually a photo of it so yeah yeah in a state of shock after the war we interrupt our program for a brief message if you appreciate this podcast please consider supporting colibri on patreon just go to patreon.com slash colibri that's K-O-L-L-I-B-R-I. And now, back to our regularly scheduled... So you're, you're a lifelong resident of Portland. And uh, how does this compare, this just, you know, the whole thing, the parade, etc., with, with, with things you've seen there before? I've never seen that many Trump supporters in one place before in my entire life. Um <laughs> uh, Mm-hmm. Especially, it, uh, especially around Portland. I mean, it, I mean, I guess it was bound to happen at some point, but it was, I was just kind of like astonished in a way. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> because I'd never seen anything like that. Um, but another thing I noticed, like too, like it was clear to me that none of them had seen anything like that as well. And, and um, it struck me as like a lot of those people hadn't, don't really go to Portland or I never really been around like don't, don't really go to portland on a, on a regular everyday basis like they're from the surrounding area but they don't go to portland so it was kind of interesting but they were clearly emboldened by their numbers and going down there and you know they were hyped up um to go downtown and you know create a conflict i mean that was pretty clear uh um so you know unfortunately you know because they were like there to create conflict downtown they found it and uh the end result was somebody getting shot and killed so yeah it was not good right right and and th- and um so so this would have been folks from uh are you guessing from the um the suburbs of portland or or further away, or like maybe vancouver washington as well or 
There were definitely people that came all the way from Washington because I saw a lot of Washington license plates. Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing those are like Patriot prayer people. Um, a lot of people that were affiliated with them. Um, but yeah, a lot of, it seemed like a lot of people that were from the suburb area around Portland, uh, a lot of them, but, um, I can't say for certain. It seemed like it, it definitely did seem like it because like a lot of the people that I was walking around hearing from, they're like, Oh yeah, I've been to Portland in a while. You know, this would be a good time to go because we're all going together. You know, like I heard a lot of that kind of conversation. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty interesting. Um, it did seem like there was a lot of people that just were from the outside area around Portland that were, you know, gathering up to go in together. So that's what it felt like. Right. Right. Because Portland, you know, has a, a reputation uh, that it deserves for being very liberal, you know, um, and for having a radical element as well. But it's also true that once you get uh, just outside of Portland, that 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 ends pretty, pretty quickly, you know, like uh Multnomah County, where Portland is is entirely within Portland is entirely within Multnomah County, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, went like what seventy five? It usually goes seventy five percent to the Democrats in a presidential election, so it's like that. But then, yeah, you get out to Clackamas and Washington counties on the outside, and it's a uh, it's a it's a different story already right there. And it's, oh yeah, yeah, it's not seventy five percent once you get right there. No, it's like. It's like 50-50, like right away. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, it changes really quick. And another thing to point out about Oregon, not just Portland. Like Portland is like, uh, it's it's very, you know, I guess progressive in a lot of ways. But the state is like, as a whole, it used to be a uh, a very, it's a, it still is, it's a very racist state. I mean, most people don't realize that because they're like, oh, Oregon, you know, very progressive. But, you know, it's a pretty racist state here. Um, I have friends that tell me all the time that they feel, they don't feel safe, you know, when they travel here because um, it's a predominantly white place and there is a lot of racism that happens here. And, and you go into places like Clackamas County, it is very very in your face uh people don't care uh they like there there's still plenty of nice people but you're gonna you're gonna run into a lot more of that in, in clackamas county or milwaukee or any suburbs around uh portland uh compared to being in portland it's kind of like it's in its own bubble in that regard but uh yeah it's it's you know and that and that's kind of stuff is like you know you see that at a Trump rally too. It's mostly white people. Like the state of Oregon is like ninety-seven percent white. So, the d- during the the founding of the state, like, or one of the things early things about Oregon was that uh, it used to be a sanctuary uh, where there was no slavery. And the way that they did that was they just banned people of color from coming to the state um, back in the early history of Oregon. So it's yeah, it's it's a pretty racist place. Uh, well, yeah, they much... wanted they wanted a white utopia, and black people were in the Constitution not allowed to own property. And I believe that that was in place until the '60s, at least, wasn't it? I think so. And yeah. and it's so you know, you you see it like you kind of still kind of see the effects of that. Um, and it's it's around. Um, and for people not to acknowledge that, you know, or know about that, I, it, I kind of find it disheartening because it's important to know about the history and especially about what's going on in your local area and to acknowledge that that's there so you can you can change that, you know. And, um, you know, I just find that a lot of people just don't know about that kind of thing. And I'm like, how do you not know? <laughs> like, like, how? It's just, it's just like, it, like Oregon is a very, very white place, so... Yeah, yeah, especially you know, you go over to the east side. I've spent some time over on the east side by Hell's Canyon and stuff up there, you know, doing wild tending stuff and um, you know, foraging and that kind of thing. And those counties out there are all like, you know, ninety three to ninety five percent white and um yeah, just a very different feeling as soon as you as soon as you get over in that in that in that part of the state. And you uh I mean you just you, you hardly see anyone who's not white there, you know? Yeah. And I mean, 
And then, uh, you know, the, the people who you're most likely to see who aren't white are going to be agricultural workers, you know? That's true. Especially in the Willamette Valley, because like Woodburn is that town that's just south of the Portland area, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of just outside of the, out of the uh, suburbs there. And that's an agricultural town that's actually majority Latino at this point. Yeah, yeah. And and, and they still, um, if they're just like day laborers and stuff like that, they actually, you know, are still being taken advantage of. Just like in California, for example, mm-hmm. you know, like it's. It's it's the same uh, here in Oregon as it is down there, and uh, yeah, I mean, they're just trying to get by, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, there's still like a lot of of like social injustice, and like you know, like you know, just a whole bunch of like classism going on, and you know, it's a pretty it's a pretty stark thing to see, uh, but it's there. You know, and uh, it's important for people to acknowledge it. So, but when you see like all of these Trump supporters that are there, kind of just like it's okay, this is the way things are are going to be. We're going to do this for another four years. You're just like, oh my god! It just makes you like face palm and see. You're just like, man. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. just like, it's like Jesus Christ. And yeah, it's just it, it, it's just like everything. They're just like, so what? You know, like they're just like they they don't care. They're like they just don't care at all. They're they're just like whatever. You guys just are fake news, you know, kind of thing. They, 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 it's just, yeah, it's like everything that's going on that's wrong right now is because of those guys over there. And, you know, it's not us at all. So, you know, just no responsibility. Nobody takes any responsibility, it seems. Right. So, right. Yeah. 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 No, the, 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 um, the the history of I, I think you're you're totally right that the history of Oregon is is so important to know and there there were white crosses you know posted in a lot of the a lot of the cities and towns in Oregon at one time too all up and down the Willamette Valley and down in, in the southern Oregon and uh, Eugene still has its white cross. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. It's in a park, and you can see it from from downtown. You know, they kept it, you know, for historical reasons or whatever. And you know, you keep driving down that way, and like down in Southern Oregon by um, by Grants Pass, down there by by Medford, you'll find um, White City. I've been by it, but I've never been. Mm, I went. I went through there once, and and yeah, it's it's well named, and and yeah, there's that's just a corner of 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 Oregon that just kind of feels uh, it feels um. It just feels sketchy, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> down I, there, I, I believe it. Yeah, um, and then oh yeah, and so like, you know, while we're like talking about all this, and like, you know, the whole reason behind it is because, you know, we're it's it's to point out like Black Lives Matter, right? That's why they're having these right. these protests because, you know, um, they are targeted and they are marginalized. Um, more than like any any other ethnic group like in Oregon like especially with like all these protests have been going on the data has been coming out the police have been arresting mostly majority of 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 people of color you know more so than white people right. and portland is like it's like 95% white you know like it's like wow like most of your arrests that you're doing are 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 african american like latino like what, what why like so, you know, there's still like it just it goes to show like what they're targeting and what they do and like how it's ingrained like systematically in like what they're trained to go after. Like that's what the police are are there that's who they target. And it just shows like it's another it's another microchasm, you know, of a whole bigger picture, you know? And so um yeah, and like and then I guess uh another thing that's actually happened recently, happened yesterday was the governor Governor Brown released a statement saying that she was going she has a plan to control everything and bring peace to the city. Uh and what she did is it goes through a bunch of points, but one of the main points, I believe it's number 5 on there was that um that uh, that now um Clackamas County, uh, Milwaukee and a few other counties are going to be indemnified uh, under un, in Portland while they're in Portland. Maybe four. Um, what well, we had, um, Chief Outlaw here. She um, she had made it so that 
no longer were other police uh, jurisdictions, uh, departments indemnified. So it was, they said, screw it. We're not working with you, Portland, because we are not going to be legally liable for anything that we do. So, if, you know, if, if, if I'm a Clackamas County uh, officer and I'm involved in an arrest that um, has somebody who gets uh, put on the ground and he ends up dying like George Floyd with someone's got like I'm an officer holding him down, you know, from Clackamas County and and this other officer from Portland ends up, you know, putting pressure on this guy's neck and he ends up dying. I'm I'm not protected um, by their insurance or whatever. And I have to fight for myself with my own money. Uh, right. So mm-hmm. so so all these police uh, departments that were around Portland until just the other day were not protected by any of that at all. And so Portland was on its own. And they have been for for a long time until recently uh, when the governor ordered uh, state troopers to come over and help because the, that was her remedy to the federal uh, government being there with Homeland Security downtown and stuff. Uh, because they were like, we're going to take over if you guys can't. So the governor's like, no, you need to step aside. I'm putting in state troopers. So that was a remedy there. But um, besides the state troopers, there was no other jurisdictions that were helping the Portland police. They were answering calls and doing other things um, while the while police are responding to protests, um, which Portland police like to say, hey, it's going to take longer wait times. But there's another thing about that I'll, I'll touch on in a minute. But, um, but yeah, like now that all of these, uh, all of these jurisdictions now are uh, indemnified, they can come down and with impunity basically beat the crap out of people. So it's going to be interesting to see what these other departments do because it's like, oh yeah, now it's their turn. You know, like they're going to get a few, you know, hits in uh, before this is over. So it's kind of like, uh, this is not good. <laughs> so that, that's uh, but, definitely that's definitely bad news that she's decided to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at from the other side of the of the tracks, you're like, you're like, yeah, you know, that's going to bring in, you know, law and order or whatever. It, it, but it's just going to, I fear that it's just going to escalate things more. Um, and it's just going to ratchet things up because, like, the harder the police have come down on protesters the more they've like, you know, ratcheted things up. So at some point, you know, something's going to happen. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, um, there's just a lot of, of craziness that's going to happen. I think from all that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's part of the governor's plan to just kind of keep, uh, like Trump at bay, I guess, because like he's been trying to like be this law and order kind of thing. And, uh, they've been, they've been, they've been here, like the feds never left. So, you know, that's still a thing that they're kind of like, it's this kind of like a dark cloud. that's kind of still lingering around. Um, and then, and then we have, um, you know, the mayor here who, um, hasn't done anything. He recently said that, He's been trying to do everything by himself and go it alone, which I'm like, how do you do that? Like, how, how, how do you get into that kind of like frame of mind where you are the one that's in charge of an entire city and all of its bureaus or, or, or have, you know, you can design bureaus and uh, you are also the police commissioner and you're trying to go it alone. How, how do you do that? Like, how, how do you come to that conclusion? And so he's just been, you know, unable to do anything. Um, except get tear gassed like on day 58 or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just like, it's like, holy crap. And now the, the, the governor is like ordered like community forums and stuff like that. But it's like, oh yeah, you, so you're ordering these community forums with all these leaders, but it's like crack town, you know, like it's like, that's what it is. It's like you show up to these things, you could talk and then you're going to get arrested if you go out here to these protests more than likely. So it's just like, it's like, holy crap. So that's what's coming. You know, in the coming weeks, right? What 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 day are we up to in Portland? I think it's, I think, well, the protest in Portland started about three days after George Floyd right uh, died, so I think it's about day ninety here. It's been about three months. Wow. So, 
That's yeah. impressive. I mean, that's impressive, especially given everything we were talking about with how white Portland is and how white the state is and given the history that the protests have been so dedicated there. Yeah, I, I, this is like I was talking to a few other people and they said they never seen anything that's been going on this long. I mean, it's 90 days in and it's still going on. Right. So, right. Yeah. No, yeah. And it's because it's because like there's been no the demands of the of of the people that are out there are saying, Hey, you need to, you need to step up and you need to make some changes. And they made like a few token like things like they really didn't do much on the state, uh, legislative level. They did a few things. Um, but you know, it's the only big major thing they did on the state level was, um, making it so that the police unions couldn't, uh, the, uh, the police bureaus couldn't use, um, court uh, appointed arbiters to reinstate officers that had been fired for um, doing, you know, whatever they found been found guilty of, you know, uh, or of doing. Um, so, you know, that's the only thing really of substance that I've seen happen. Um, other yeah. Than and that, that's not much. Oh yeah. I mean, other than that, there's not a whole lot is out there. I mean, um, one thing I saw that's interesting to see um, in this letter to from the from the governor is that uh, they're going to give like two dozen body cams to the Portland Police Bureau from the state troopers. And so, um, as some people know, but most don't, uh, Portland Police does not have body cams on them at all. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. They have none. They have a few cameras that they use. They have... They used to have Officer Jones back in the early 2000s that was out there with a video camera filming. Oh, um, I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah, they still have people out there with cameras, um, you know, on on monopods filming, you know, but they don't have body cams. Um, so you don't know uh, what they're going to do or they don't have anything. And, you know, um, if they're not doing anything wrong, then they would totally welcome body cams. But... Uh, you know, I don't know who they're going to give the body cams to, but uh, it's definitely not all their officers. And uh, Portland at this time has about 900, well, it's about 875 cops now because they just had about 25 retire last month. They're in a wave of cops retiring. There's going to be about 200 retiring from now until spring of 2021. Uh-huh. So, and they only are allotted 1,007, 1,004 officers. So they're at 875 now, and that's going to go down to about 700. So they're they're uh, they're they're going to be pretty short here. Uh, they're only at 70 percent capacity at their at their full strength. So they're they're like nobody wants to become a cop in Portland. Basically, it's like a two year hiring process, and uh, yeah, they're 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 really running low on staff. They're starting to to really do that. Oh, I know what I was going to say. So back to my point earlier. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the police, um, with the response times and things that I was talking about, um, they actually do, they, the, Port- the Portland police are not allowed to legally go on strike. So what they do is these things called slowdowns where they can respond to calls, but they make it look like because of an extenuating circumstance that they can't. And so they use that as an excuse to slow their response times down by 50 percent or more Mm -hmm. yeah they they do that um and that's their way of putting pressure on the mayor and making it look like hey we can't do our job because of this situation we don't like and that's how they try to like negotiate basically because if they're responding slower lots of people in the city that are having valid safety public safety issues aren't getting the response times they need. And so, you know, when something happens and they really need the police there for whatever reason, those people are calling because they want, because those people have, they want police there. You know, everybody has a different opinion of the police, but you know, when they're calling for them, they don't show up even though it's a priority call until like much later because they don't like the way the mayor is letting protests go on downtown, you know, like, that's what they do. Right. So, they're just they're just playing games. Yep. 
Yep. That's the, and that's that's you know something that the Portland Police Association, which is the, uh, headed by Daryl Turner, um, he has been very very uh, you know he hasn't he hasn't willingly admitted to it. But you can tell, like he's the kind of he's 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 very good at manipulating situations, and that's why he's still around. And he's the kind of guy who's in charge of the police union that would put that kind of pressure on the city, um, and has. He's been, he's been there forever. Forever. I mean, he's yep. been there since I lived there. I I knew. I mean, I knew him as being a jerk like over ten years ago. Yeah, he's still being a jerk today. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's still there, and this is the kind of thing that they're doing. Um, to put pressure on the mayor because it's there it's an elections in two months and you know we'll see what happens uh, but people are very not very happy with um not very happy at all with the mayor right now and you know i guess the police union is kind of hoping that he gets out because at the beginning of the new um the new mayor's session uh when the mayor gets elected like only a few months later, the police contract is going to be up. And, you know, the new mayors usually cave to every demand the police want because they're trying to show their support for public safety. So, you know, it's a tactic that he's doing now to manipulate. So he gets, you know, a greater gain in the end, you know, because if, if the mayor is still there, they probably think that he's going to institute some changes because he's seen what's happened. And they probably want him out at this point. So it's a really interesting situation. So yeah, legally, the legally the Portland Police Bureau cannot go on strike, but they can institute slowdowns and things like this unofficially, and right. kind of do that to put pressure politically on, you know, politicians like the mayor, which is also the police commissioner, and 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 you know, uh, so discord amongst the public because you know they can say, hey, we're not able to respond quick enough, but in actuality, they are because. Other jurisdictions have said they won't go down to protest and, you know, actually, um, actually engage in that because they're not indemnified. Well, now they are. Um, but before they'd be like, hey, well, we'll cover all your calls, your emergency response calls. We can just spread our guys out a little bit more and cover for you. Um, so there's no reason for them to slow things down. You know, it's, it's just it's just really ridiculous. So that's one shady thing the Portland police are doing. It's a very, very shady police department. Oh, yeah. So. It totally is. And we have Vera Katz to thank for, for that to a large degree. You know, she was oh, yeah. the one. Let's see. She was the mayor at the turn of the century, right? Like late yeah. 90s. Early, but I remember she was in the early 2000s. And she was the one who was bringing up officers uh, from the LAPD, you know, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. she's the one who, who hired a police chief from the, at that point, already notorious LAPD, you know. Mark Croker. Oh, Croker. That's right. Yeah, he was Mark. he was terrible. Yeah, yeah, he was he was. I think he was actually disciplined by the LAPD at one point. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, for his for his tactics. Um, yeah, and then and then uh, you know Portland was looking for a new police chief, and uh, Vera Katz reached out to him, and he took the job. She was um, terrible. Yeah, and then later he ended up. Uh, joining the UN as a peacekeeper, oh, that's um, right, and over in Africa, uh-huh. so he just completely left the country after Portland. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that's where he went, right? And then, and since him, there's been oh, at least you know, maybe like six, seven different police chiefs. Oh yeah, there's there's been quite a few. Yeah. There's been a high turnover mm-hmm. uh, of police uh, chiefs over in Portland. They usually last about two years uh, on average. Um, this new one, I haven't seen really anything come out of him that, that's there. He was appointed um, before the last one left. Mm-hmm. But uh, so far, you know, nothing really uh, of any kind of substance from him. Um, it just seems like he's just trying to keep status quo going in the police department here so so yeah. is is uh is ted wheeler running um who, who's running against him or how did that turn out with the primaries he lost the majority of the primary so he has so he's got someone running against him um and who, who is that who's running against him um i forget who it is it's um, not Teresa rayford though 
No, she's a write-in candidate. Ah, okay. Because um, she's the best one when it comes to these issues, isn't she? Yeah, but she's also kind of taken a... Like, it's a weird kind of, like, passive-aggressive approach, in my opinion. Oh, to okay. It, okay. But she's better than Wheeler. So... Uh-huh. But she's also not on the, the ballot. So... Right. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure... Let me find out. There we go. Sorry. I, oh, I know Sarah. You're just editing oh, now. Oh, yeah, I'll edit this part out later. Oh, Sarah. Oh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Neither do I. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah Ianarone, Democrat. Well, it says she's a DSA candidate. That's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He got 49.29%. Oh, if he'd gotten 50%, he just automatically would have been mayor. Yeah, that's right. But because he got just under 50%, oh, he must have hated that number, 49.29. Ha-ha. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, I bet yeah. he did. Right. So now he's running against a DSA candidate. Okay. And I'm just kind of, I don't know enough about her, but DSA makes me think she's probably going to be better than him. Yeah. Um, I I mean, from what I've heard, um, she sounds better. Um, but Portland Business Alliance has backed Wheeler. Which I don't know why. There's there's nothing going on downtown. Like downtown is boarded up. There's right. nothing. Right. Uh, so you know, for for them to support Wheeler right now is kind of just like, I guess they're hoping that things go back to normal after the election. Uh huh. But um, it's right now it's not looking that way um, because you know Wheeler, as far as everyone's seen so far, has been very incompetent about what's going on and you know like i've i've had dealings politically with ted wheeler where um i used to be a public safety chair for a neighborhood association uh-huh. and um i would contact their office and it just kind of seemed like they were kind of dysfunctional like they didn't know what was really going on um when you asked them questions um if you tried to set up appointments they would just not get back to you. Um, yeah, and Ted Wheeler does these things where he's like, we are getting political victories. This is what we're doing here in Portland. We're making trash downtown seven days a week now instead of just five. You know, we're down there. We're cleaning it up. We're cleaning up Portland, you guys. We're cleaning it up seven days a week now. That's a victory. You know, that's the kind of stuff that he does. Right. And, and everyone's just like, are you kidding me? Like, Really? So, you know, a lot of people are just they're not excited for him at all. Like he just he'll do he'll he'll bring things like that up, you know, like he, he has his victories, you know, instead of like taking on big issues where he'll get some flack for it. Uh, he, he really tries to stay away from that. And um, yeah, I mean, he's right. just he's just he's just not he's very underwhelming <laughs> right yeah so so long story short there's a real need for um you know some some citizen pressure on him to do the right thing since he seems uh hesitant to do it and and there has been um mm-hmm. but he ignores it right you know, or, and then he tries to do things by himself and it's like ted like you can't you can't do this by yourself <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like right. you can't and so so he can't accomplish anything right now, and it, he just, yeah, he 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 ends up see, when once he he'll you'll see him go one way, and then he'll get hit by the resistance from the other side, and then he kind of stops going that direction that he was trying to go to get some good change, and he just kind of like ties his hands in knots and then just stops. And I've just seen it happen too many times, and. Uh, yeah, that's that's just that's just Ted Wheeler. That's basically who he is as a mayor. So, yeah, he just he sounds kind of hapless. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I don't know. It's just crazy. It's still like it's still really crazy. You're, the the big the evictions are coming next month, mm-hmm. and and that's going to be a big thing. It might make things really bad downtown because downtown's really bad right now. I mean, you see it, you're like, wow, because it's mostly just homeless people now, and you have few food a few food carts around and everything else is boarded up mm-hmm. like that's what downtown's like now right so when like you see a ghost it, town 
Yeah, so you'll see it, you'll be like, wow, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it's pretty nuts. But, uh, yeah, um, like, people are getting their eviction notices because they, they can't pay those back months worth of rent. And, um, yeah, they're just, they don't want to get, ev- uh, or they're just moving out because they don't want to get the, the eviction on their on their record so that they have a harder time finding a place to live because, as you all know, like, it's hard to find a place, you know, in Portland if you're looking, if you don't have like somebody that you know or, you know, whatever. If you're trying to just move into a place by yourself, it's hard. It's hard. So you got to have your first month's rent, your last month's rent. You got to have your deposits. You know, you know, just crazy stuff like that. It, it in Oregon, you have to make in Portland, you have to make two point five um, times your your. Uh, the, or 2.5 times the rent in a month gross. Um, otherwise, they won't accept you. And if you're outside of Portland, it's three times. So Wow. So it's pretty nuts. So it's, you know, and now that, like, I was looking at a, a chart, it's like 33% of Oregon is facing eviction. So 33%? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, things are, in other words, th- uh, um you know, protests are, are only likely to intensify at this point. Yeah, yeah. And people are going to be really upset and frustrated. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's also another thing, like, how are people going to vote, you know, if they're, they don't have a place to live because everything's mail, you know? So, yeah. mm-hmm. and the mail, as you all know, has been disrupted. Yep. And so it's just like, okay, how's that going to factor in? Um because we got a third of the state, like you know, in this situation, ooh, jeez. So that's that's a whole other can of worms, though. So yeah, yeah, it sure is. Wow. Well, thanks for the report today. I really appreciate uh, hearing it. And um, yeah, as soon as I as soon as I heard that you uh, had had actually you know sort of infiltrated uh, the 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 right wingers there, even just for a little while, I was really intrigued and had to hear all about it. So yeah, I. Uh... I was like, okay, like I'm gonna go report on this <laughs> because mm-hmm. because I did not uh, hear any information coming out of it other than like one guy's YouTube uh, video like uh-huh. stream, and so I'm like, ah, this is down the street for me. I'm gonna go check it out. So I did, and uh, yeah, it was it was really interesting to see because I I never in my entire 37 years of living in Portland seen anything like that happen before. So. It, that was definitely a historic thing that just happened there. And, uh, yeah, nobody, even the people that were there for that rally, had never seen anything like that. So that was, that was something that was completely, yeah, different. Wow. Voices for Nature and Peace is produced in the Gila River Valley, New Mexico, USA, on land that we acknowledge is illegally occupied Apache territory. The intro music is Zero G Yogi by Big Z, with narration by Kelly Moody of the Ground Shots podcast. This outro music is Trip A, also by Big Z. Commercial break narration by Nikki Hill. To become a financial supporter of this podcast and to gain access to members-only content, visit patreon.com slash colibri, K-O-L-L-I-B-R-I. For more information on Radio Free Sunroot programming, please visit RadioFreeSunroot.com. Thank you for listening. May you find joy in your own nature and peace.